What's going on, everybody? I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of the Down to Business podcast here with Tamar Turner. And this one is surreal just because, you know, this is actually the first person who I've been able to bring on twice. And not even this is not even twice as a follow up. This is twice as another venture, still making an impact in his community, still doing the thing. Somebody who, you know, we definitely tap back in with work now. We definitely tap back in with people over profit. And, and that was just a a great episode, you know, where he talked about everything that he did, just wanting to be life changing for people, just wanting them to really hone in on themselves, just figure out, you know, about wellness, about physical activity, about everything like that. But what we're here to talk about today, man, this one hits near and dear to my heart, especially, you know, just just coming from Philadelphia, coming from a lot of public schools and growing up and everything like that. But really hits near and dear to me just because I've been watching. I've been watching everything that he's been doing for my personal page. And I'm, I'm definitely hoping to partner with him and, and moving forward. So it's definitely things that we've talked about. But I'm excited, man. But Nar, how you doing, bro? How, how's everything going? Everything. Everything's going well, my brother. Um, blessed, just like you. Yeah. I'm focused. I'm hungry. And I'm just, I'm happy. I'm genuinely happy. You know, everything in my life right now is going the way it needs to go to. You know, I have the right people in my life right now um, encouraging me, motivating me, helping me out. So I can't complain. I'm just trying to stay the course and keep doing the will of God, what he told me to do. Come on now. That's all it is, just walking in that purpose, for sure, for sure. So for the people who didn't tap into episode 37, for the people who didn't really tap in with people over profit, can you just, you know, first give us a little bit of background about that and just kind of reminisce on some of the things that we spoke about and what you're really offering? Because, you know, we've definitely gained some fans since then. I'm definitely gained some different people learning their stories, but learning about my previous episodes. So can you just give us a little bit of background about what you do um, with WorkNAR currently? Right. So right now, currently with WorkNard, I'm a personal trainer and a life coach and also a community uh, mentor. Um, so with that, I, you know, I just help people reach their goals uh, mentally, physically, help people write out business plans, strategize whatever their business needs are as a life coach. Um, come with them with any, you know, if people come with me with problems or questions and things of that matter. So I help, you know, ask them serratic questions and help them find the issue on their own and guide them to that without actually giving them the answers in the whole. So actually asking them those questions to unlock things that they might have never even thought about um, to actually reach those goals in their own. So that's really what the thing with WorkNard um, that we've been, you know, building on with that, you know, keeping the challenges going with that. So we had the mature order challenge. So no drinking, no smoking, no sex, no excessive spending, no excuses, what we're really focusing on this month. Um, it's been a thing that I, myself and my roommate, that I had um, in college when I was at Morehouse. Um, we started this in 2018 and just started off with just no smoking and just figuring out how can we really elevate ourselves, separate ourselves from our masses and our peers, but also stay focused and actually get things done. And we felt like smoking was inhibiting us from actually getting to those goals that we wanted. So it just started off with smoking, but now it's just elevated and it's advanced from there, which you know I'm happy about. But that's like kind of the update with that. And just what people over profit is what it speaks in itself, you know, focusing on how can I impact the community? How can I impact the people around me, whether it's horizontally, vertically, you know, back or behind and really focus on them and let the money come um, because, you know, money is currency. It's always flowing. It's always going to be here. But the people at the end is, you know, who you really want to impact at the end of the day. So that's really what we spoke about in the last interview. I love that. Man, he just he just walked us through the whole interview. I ain't even, he ain't even really got to play it. And you got somebody who tapped in for sure. But okay, I love I love that, bro. You know, just it takes a lot of reflection sometimes. It takes really looking at ourselves. It takes even 
others holding us accountable, but not only others holding us accountable, we have to first hold ourselves accountable. It's one thing for, you know, somebody to be able to call you out on something for somebody to, from the outside looking in. But it's also another thing when you realize that's a problem within yourself. It's another thing when you realize that when you take that away or cut that back or whatever the case may be, or just practice that self-discipline, the changes and what can come forth from that. So love work now, like I said, for everybody out there, you know, if you haven't tapped into that episode, definitely tap into that episode, episode tap into every episode after that and before that, just the same, because it's gems all the time. So what are we here to talk about today, bro? Can you just tell us, you know, a little bit about, you know, yourself for the people who are still catching up and everything like that, but can you also tell us what brings you on the podcast again today? So today, um, what brought me on the podcast is to bring more awareness to my nonprofit that I have in Philadelphia. Um, I spoke on it a little bit in the last interview that I had with you, just a little bit, you know, be on the lookout for Philly EDA, but now it's here. Um, so Philly EDA stands for Philadelphia Entrepreneurial Development Academy, where our mission is to educate the inner city youth in Philadelphia to define life in their own terms through real world business and technological programming, schooling, education. We're a 501c3 tax exempt organization. And our biggest initiative right now is that we're opening up a charter high school in Philadelphia. So we're in preparation of submitting our applications to the school board in November. And, you know, God willing, we'll be granted acceptance and we'll open up for the 2022-2023 academic year at the end of August, beginning of September of next year. So that's what brings me on today is just bring more awareness, talk about the education system in Philadelphia, you know, why I'm here, what, what, what really engaged me to prompt me to you know open up this business, start this business and where we're at now. All right now. So you... That was loaded. That was deep. That was impactful. All of that. So let's, you know, let's unpack a little bit. Let's rewind some things. Let's let's draw it back a little bit. Okay, so Philadelphia, give me the EDA one more time. Philadelphia Entrepreneurial Development Academy. Right now. So with this, with coming out with that name just in itself, for somebody, you know, from the outside looking in, for somebody just here in Philadelphia, EDA for the first time, for somebody you may even be talking to, just a word of mouth type thing, they want to know more. Where did that start from? How did you put, where did the EDA come from to combine all of that together to put it together to throw into the name? Why that? Honestly, it was just a bunch of, every day since August 1st of 2020, I've been taking notes. I've been a student of the game. So I've gone through five different notebooks thus far, um, just being a student from looking at interviews, looking at people that inspired me to be a business owner, from learning more about my industry and through that, I was just trying to just strategize, like, what's next? What's next? All right, I have WorkNard. You know, I have the foundation of that going. I have the real estate stuff going in D.C. You know, I'm, I'm getting through um, grad school right now. So it's like, what's next after this? And it was like, you know, why, Philadelphia, you know, why don't I go back home from where I was born and raised and make an impact? What focused for, what for me was like, okay, Phila, ED, it was like EDA. Yeah, that was like education. You know, and then I was like, okay, education, I'm an entrepreneur, Philadelphia is more like, you know, there used to be a big manufacturing city, you know, it's a lot of entrepreneurs that come out of Philadelphia, there's a very entrepreneurial type of environment, okay, entrepreneurial development, okay, what are we focusing on? We're focusing on development, the inner city youth, academy, education, so that's kind of like where everything came aligned to, just from step strategizing, being a student, so that's where Philly EDA came from. All right, yeah. I like every bit of that, you know. You're taking, you you not only are doing research and you knowing just what your city is and what 
you know, what it's known for and different things like that. But you're also thinking about yourself. You're also thinking about the mission, the message that you want to propel to others. Because like I said, it's going to be a lot of people who tap in with this or who see this or who may not know necessarily. But when you break it down like that, when you see it like that, they can even make their own ties and different connection like that. So something that you really spoke about in the beginning, something that I even introduced you as was that this was like a follow up. This was and you even spoke about it when you recanted on the interview and said that, you know, this was something that at the end, you kind of just dropped the spoiler, kind of just dropped the teaser, what to look forward to and everything like that. So now that you're here, now that, you know, you've been moving forward with it, the charter school is in the works and everything like that. What really was that process like? What has that feeling been like from the time we pressed stop on that interview to everything that you knew you had to get to do to bring Philly EDA to what it is today? It's been work. It's been a lot of work. It's been a lot of late nights, early mornings. It's been a growth process for me um, because it's not just me now. Um, I have a team. I have a team of 10 people under me from a board of directors to an executive team to a management team. So being able to empower and motivate them to create the buy-in with them so they can create the buy-in with our stakeholders, but also making sure that I'm delegating effectively, that I'm being the best leader that I can be, being the best, you know, motivator that I can be for the team. But just the process in itself is is new. You know, I've, I've never been in the education industry before. So, and most of the majority of my team hasn't been in the, in the education industry before. Only two of the people that are on my team combined have 40 plus years of experience in education. Everybody else is in different sectors from, you know, armed forces and military and entrepreneurship to finance, to marketing, to uh, just a college student right now, you know, so we have from project management and things of that matter, we have a broad spectrum of people on the team, but the synergy within, amongst us brings together Phil EDA and actually helps us and has helped not only myself, but the organization as a whole progress as fast as we've been able to progress as far. But, you know, the idea came about in September of 2020, but we didn't announce it until May of this year. Uh, so we've just been putting the groundwork in, planning things out, you know, writing out the business plan, finding partners, finding sponsors. And we have 10 right now, just finding, you know, a different way. Okay, we have to give you a 501c3 tax exempt. So taking the pro process to go through that and working with the IRS and waiting about six months to get the approval for that and biting my teeth like, oh man, like, are we going to get it? Like, what's going on? Like, so it was just, it was a lot of anxiety, a lot of hopefulness, a lot of faith that had to come within this, but you know, it's, it's looking hopeful. And we've been able to, you know, partner with a lot of people in the Philadelphia area. We've had one program ourselves that we posted um, called Youngpreneur, which was a pop-up shop in Philadelphia where we were able to, you know, shed light on current entrepreneurs and new entrepreneurs as well and younger entrepreneurs. And we were able to have 10 different vendors ranging from four years old to 40 years old to actually come out and showcase whatever products and services that they had. And, you know, that buying with the community in itself as our first event was great. You know, it was a lot of, you know, pros and cons that came with it with our with it being our first event. But overall, it was a success. And from then, we've been able to be at different, have a vending table at other events and create input and buy in. And, you know, everything's just been going as planned right now. But overall, it's just been work. It's just been a lot. Just being in a new industry and working with a team of people that share the same passion but, you know, just working with a team as, as anything and being a leader, you got to understand that they're not going to have the same drive and hunger as you about what your dreams are and what your vision are. They can they can align with it. They can respect it. They can say, oh, you know what? I actually like that idea. You know, I want to help you with that. But 
the hunger and that burning desire that you have for that vision and that dream of yours, no one else is going to have that with you. So that's something that I've had to really adjust um, within this process, um, just in our meetings, within my delegation, just as a leader and leading this team. Um, that's just something that I've had to work on myself. And, you know, I hope I'm doing a good job, you know. I mean, look, you you here, like you said, it's, it's been work. It's been having that faith like you talked about, but something that you really touched on in the word that you used that I absolutely love was synergy. It's just about, you know, while you said the, the experience is diverse, it's ranging, it's, it's in different areas. If everybody's kind of added a different team. So can you kind of just shed some light on one, not only the importance of a team, we both know, you know, what it's like to be a one man band. We both know what it's like to have to do things on your own to like you even spoke on to end your last answer about just nobody is going to go as hard for you and yours and what you do as you, bro. So yeah, can you not only just shed some light on the importance of a team, but then can you also shed some light on how in this scenario, like you said, with you and your experience in education, how has having a diverse team really allowed for that synergy to show in Philly EDA? You know, as a team, as a whole, there's a saying that I've used and that I actually picked up from this book by Ray Dalio called Principles. Um, but he said, jazz, he said, jazz, he said, an organization and building a team is like jazz, you know? So nothing is ever going to be in sync on the first try. You know, it takes time. It takes practice. It takes patience, you know, and it might not be in a month. It might not be in six months. It might take a year for a team to fully go through levels of an organization, you know, from forming, norming, storming, performing, and then achieving, you know, those, those different stages within any type of team dynamic. So the importance of having a good team is key, um, but also having people that are knowledgeable within that particular industry is key as well. And that's something that I've learned along the way as we've been able to just craft out this um, application in our curriculum for the school is that major 80, 85 to 90% of our team not having experience in education or writing a charter school application, Not, I wouldn't say it slowed us down, a lot of that time and effort and work had to be put on to myself because, you know, I'm the president, so I had to learn this industry, but also the other two people that are in education. So, you know, the people on my team, they're just volunteering. They're not getting paid for this. They're not, they're volunteering their time, their effort, and their support to help this organization get to where it needs to be. So that in itself is not going to encourage people to want to put their all into it. It's like, okay, I'm doing all this work, but I'm not getting paid for it. But that goes into the whole people over profit thing. It's like you got to sometimes you got to be OK with not being paid for something or being paid for, for the less that you are, because at the end, you're going to get rewarded for all that in the back end. So as when it comes to a team dynamic, the importance of having a strong team is important. Um, people that align with your vision, align with your passion, but also have the skills, knowledge and ability to perform the duty that they need to do. You know, so each person in my team, even though they're not in the education system, they're knowledgeable in their particular field, right? For So for instance, I have, you know, Dominique Marsh and Frank Richardson that are my financial advisors and my financial directors. They're in finance. I'm, I, I was a business major at Morehouse, but I wasn't a finance major. You know, they're a finance major. They look, they know how to look at the markets and trends better than I do. No, they know how to do certain calculations better than I do. So why not put people that are better than you in those positions? They might not be in the education system, but they're in that industry where 
they can perfect their craft. You know, putting people in positions to not only perfect their craft, but learn something new to not only put on their track record, but to be like, you know, I learned something. You know, I learned something new. I can add this to my repertoire. So if this comes up again, I'm able to do that. You know, I have, you know, my marketing director, Alexis and Janine, you know, they have experience in marketing. You know, I have experience in marketing doing work now, but they, they do marketing. Like, that's them. Right. So I'm going to put them in the position to do marketing. You know, I have my mom, which has 20 years of experience, our secretary, and 20 years of experience in education, works for a charter school right now in Philadelphia. You know, I'm putting her in a position to help help me understand the dynamics of, you know, education and what the process is to create a school and all that type of thing. Like she won't be working for the school, but she's helping with the organization, the nonprofit, you know? So having Miss Andrea, our board of director, who was a project manager over strategic and engineering for Boeing. So getting that corporate experience from her and that project manager experience in terms of how can I effectively delegate tasks to my team? How can I effectively empower my team? How can I effectively make sure that we're meeting these deadlines and that we're scoping out our project the right way, that we're making sure that we're aligned within our, you know, means of finance, you know, making sure that the finance that we're trying to put up is aligned with the, our project deadlines, you know? So having different people and different components that are better than you and bringing those to one is empowering as a team. And then uh, what, what was your second question? No, nah, you, you really brought both together. So I was more so going to say, one, what is the, not only what is the importance of, you know, the, the team, which you, you answer, but also what is the importance of having a diverse team? So you talked about it, you know, just being able to recognize that you're here, that you have experience in here, 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 here. But somebody could be here and also have experience in here, 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 but have experience. So you basically kind of fill those holes, bro. And I, I love that just because it gets to the point now where it's just like we know our skill set. We know our ability. We know what we know. We know what we don't know in a sense. And it's just like sometimes you really have to be put that pride aside and just admit that, you know, you may not necessarily know something or you may not necessarily be as skilled as this said person. And then on top of that, to me, that just sounds like nothing but love. The fact that obviously people know what goes into running a nonprofit organization. People know that at the end of the day, you really just have to have that passion, that love for the something that you really want to do. So the fact that people are doing this essentially out of the kindness of their heart, out of the impression that you made on them, out of the belief and support for the mission, bro, that's just that's a lot in itself. So I, I love every bit of that. But it's also not only teaching you something, it's teaching them things in the process, because I'm pretty sure that, you know, everybody wasn't well versed in just everything. Granted, yes, you can be good with finances, but now you're dealing with finances when it comes to a nonprofit and education. You have to go about things a certain way. Yes, you can be good, you know, when it comes to social media management, but there are certain things that you have to do in order to appeal to your crowds and how you want it to go. So bro, that's important. But I, I love every bit of that because it really just shows you the not only the beauty in the process, but how how the beauty can really show when you trust the process, when you believe in the process, when you full force go towards the process. So, you know, just in thinking about the process, just in thinking about having to go through different things, just in even thinking about, you know, adopting new skill sets, learning about different things. You coming into this education space, you coming into this nonprofit space, you really wanting to propel this mission, you really wanting to, you know, give back in a sense, spread love, all of that. What has been the biggest eye opener for you with Philly EDA? The biggest eye opener is that the community's been waiting for this. Um, that's the biggest eye opener for me is that I didn't know how important and how like of a priority this organization was needed in the community. Just from us 
going to uh, going out to the community at these events and just pitching it to them and you know not not just the newer generation but like the older generation like our parents and our grandparents are like Man, I've been waiting for this to come like I like this has been needed like we used to have stuff like this back in the day but they just took it away you know and some people that don't know about Philadelphia you know I kind of spoke to it in the beginning but Philly used to be a big manufacturing city so you know like a lot of people in the city of Philadelphia were trades people, you know, worked in construction, worked in, you know, the warehouse and the things that matter. But a lot of people also started their own businesses. So, you know, most of the 49% of the population is minority in Philadelphia, but we make up 80% of the work, like the businesses in Philadelphia, and they're all minority owned from Broad Street to Stanton Avenue to Germantown Avenue to 52nd Street and West Philadelphia. What Woodland Avenue and Southwest, all of those are minority at minority owned businesses, but we only make up 49% of the population and the school system right now, majority of the schools are underperforming when it comes to public school system. They're underperforming, they're underfunded, they have a lack of resources, a lot of these schools are shutting down and there's even more, a lot of schools are shut down even more because of COVID and now they're building these schools up that shut down into apartment complexes, into clubs, into lounges, into you know, things that aren't education curriculum. So now the entry to barrier in education in Philadelphia is high, but there's no space for any education um, institutions to open up because all the spaces are taken from, you know, more commercial or, you know, home, residential type of facilities. So now these students have to go and be packed into one of these schools where most of these schools are either special admit or lack of performing you know, schools in the general. So there's a lot of charter schools being opened up from Mastery to Crystal Ray to, you know, you have Imhotep, the first charter school that was opened up in Philadelphia, the whole nine. But this education system in the, as a whole in Philadelphia has took a downward spiral in the last 15 to 20 years. So, you know, I would just say just the, the, the eye, most eye-opening experience for me is just how needed this has been in the community for so long. Um, and just the buy-in that has been getting from the community for overall. And man, that honestly, just in hearing that answer, it really just makes me think about when I started my podcast in 2019, how I was just so much, and I'm not sure how much of this you can relate to, but I'm sure some of it you'll understand where I'm coming from. So back in 2019, I was really just so worried about perfecting it, so worried about, you know, appealing to the right people, so worried about making the announcement so fire and coming out with a nice logo the graphic and this and that but for me certain people just looked at me after i gave them the idea and were just like bro just do it just start it like you really don't know until if you and it's something i think about too because it's just like yo if you spend so much of your time if you spend so much of your life if you just hone in so much on just trying to be perfect and trying not to be wrong and trying to just have everything lined up from a to z well you'll you'll be forever before you before you finally come up with something but then on top of that how do you progress from that if you if you really sent it because nothing is going to be a hundred percent but if you really spent time making something 99.9 where do you go from there well 99.91 99.9 that's not really much but you want to start maybe at that that think about it starting at maybe your 20 percent or what you consider maybe your 30 percent and then move into another 30 percent now you have 60 so now you halfway at onto the path of where you want to be so it's just it, it really just makes me think about what you said we need this or like, sometimes you really don't understand how important it is, how vital it is to, for you to step into a certain space, for you to be a part of something until you really get into it. And I, I love that just because, like you said, as an eye opening as it was for you, 
I could definitely say the same about me, bro. I didn't realize that. Yes, I definitely knew I was surrounded by some dope individuals. Definitely knew that there were some people out there, both family, friends, acquaintances, whatever you want to call them, that were going to reach out to me and we were going to figure things out. But then I realized the overwhelming, the vast majority of dope individuals out there who were reaching out to me, who were saying, Dag, I was waiting for some exposure. Or, Dag, I'm so glad you did this. Or, Dag, like, this was really what we wanted to see. No, bro. Like, it was something to me. I was just like, damn, like. Well, if that was the case, I'd have did this in, in 2018 when I when I first got to you know college or something like that. I would have, I would have really just had had at it. Like it, it's just crazy. Like in 2014, excuse me, when I first got to college, not 2018, but not. But it's just, it's just crazy to think about. You know, sometimes how we're so reluctant or so remiss to really enter something, but then when we finally, you know, just just balls to the wall, just all money in, just do it. Like wow. Yo, we, we was waiting on you. Like, what, what took you so long in a sense or something like that? So it's just like, you know, from there, that's even motivating. It makes you really want to turn it up a notch. It makes you really want to give back. It makes you even want to impact more. And then those are people who you can use, you know, for references. Those are people who you can give feedback from because these are the people who, you know, have seen it. I've seen it come. I've seen it go. And so can tell you what to do, what to not do, what worked, you know, in this particular time. It gives you, you know, a basis to shape things off of. So I love that. So just in thinking about what you're trying to do from a charter school to just the impact that they're trying to have to really the the global like shift that this could really have in a sense. But what is something that, you know, thinking about where we are right now? Where do you want Philly EDA by the end of the year? What is something that you know you, that you want to kind of check off that list? What is and, and thinking about everything, like I said, from the time that we talked in episode 37. So all of the work, 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 work that you had to put in. What is something that you know you're ready to knock off the list or what is something that's in the process of being knocked off without, you know, obviously giving us too much or teasing some things that you can't tease? No, definitely. Well, first, definitely getting our letter of intent accepted by the school district. You know, we have to submit that October 15th of this year. Uh, we have it ready. It's just now we just got to just send it in. So, again, that's the first step, you know, to opening up the school is that acceptance of our letter of intent. So, that's something that I'm waiting to just be accepted from the school district. So now it's like, okay, we're one step closer. Um, something that just happened not too long ago, actually yesterday, I actually went to go look at the facilities of the different schools, um, locations that we could possibly enter in. So that was something that we were able to check off our checklist is, okay, we've, we, we found different locations. I was able to tour them. I was able to look at what they look like, look into the feasibility, the financial feasibility of that, the location, all right, cool. Okay, that's checked off now. It's like, okay, what's going to be the best fit price-wise, location-wise, and suitability-wise for our organization to actually upkeep, manage, and actually sustain over a long period of time? Next is to get more fundraising um, on the aspect. So we're a 501c3 tax-exempt organization, but we're also accepting donations via GoFundMe, Cash App, and PayPal. So from that, I, like, we have like almost $1,200 raised right now on our GoFundMe, but I want us to get to at least 10K by the end of the year. I'll try to 10X that, 12K. Let's get 12K by the end of the year, 10X it for real. Um, I want us to get to 500 signatures on our petition by the end of the year. We're at two, we're almost at 200 right now, so trying to get at least 300 more by the end of the year. Um, I want I want my, my team to just continue to evolve and grow within their own avenues, within their craft and business to bring that, that same energy and that knowledge and help the organization grow. Um, I want to get you know 50 more high school applications signed from parents and students that are interested in our school. I just want this, this brand, this initiative, this organization to just grow. Um, I want us to be featured in a bunch of magazines, radio ads. I just want to get a bunch of exposure to this because it's needed. It's a great cause. 
And, you know, it's near and dear to my heart. Philadelphia, born and raised, you know, it's, it's here. And, you know, I, I strongly, I believe in it. You know, I, I truly believe in it. And I know it's going to come. It's going to take time. You know, be patient. Good things come to those who wait. But, you know, I, I believe it's here. You know, I believe it's coming. I believe that it's going to be accepted. I believe in it. And now it's just, you know, getting that buy-in from people. So, you know, those are just the different things that I want to just see uh, within the next, within the last three months. I love that, bro. I, I can hear the, I mean, they spoke to me with work, work, work not, and just, you know, your passion that you have for people, your passion that you have for just that impact, for just that spreading love, for just, you know, it had nothing to do with everything that I got from you in our first interview really was just like the money, bro, just it has nothing to do with that. You know, it's more so just about what can come from. It's what's going to go. The money is going to come one way or another. You know, you just have that that drive, that instinct, that and that talent to back it all up. But, bro, I can I can really just say that in speaking with you in the initial interview and following up with you since then and even plugging you in with my boy Jalen and just hearing what he had to say about you and then just everything that you've been doing since, bro, I, I dig every bit of it 100%. And I know that it's only a matter of time. You know, it's just that patience. It's just that, that trial and error. It's just that. You know, sometimes if it could go wrong, I say it all the time, like not even to speak bad karma on myself, but sometimes, yo, if it can go wrong, it'll go wrong. Like just because, just because, but why? Because you built for it, because you can, it, just as quick as it can go wrong, you can make it go right. You, it's something that you can learn from this and the learning experience. If nothing ever went wrong, you wouldn't have anything, you know, learn from, repair from, upgrade from and go from. So just in, in hearing you, bro, just in sitting down with you, just in going through the page, just in going through the, you know, the, the website, the petition, like all of that, bro, I just... I love it from start to finish. Like you said, I wasn't born in Philly, but I, I was raised there. So I, I see firsthand, you know, what we need, what the youth need. I think about my little brother. I think about generations of him, you know, just what we could really do to transform this city for them. But like you said, but when you see a lot of these like lounges and when you see just a lot of things that aren't directly benefiting the youth and nothing against, you know, I love to have my fun. I love to do what I do. But you also got to think about everything as a balance. And it's really not that true balance there so i love you know what your that culture shift that they're trying to bring and it's it's not easy bro because everybody's not going to hear you know what you're saying everybody's not going to hear the whole nonprofit. you taught me even some things about a nonprofit today because i want to start my own nonprofit called future basically going around um it's going to be it's going to stand for forever uplifting transforming unifying resilient environments so basically what i want to do with that is getting a, a nobody better trademark that, all right? Because I ain't LLC with nothing yet, but y'all can't be taking that. But so nah, but but I, I really recognize that you know going to college, like going to ECU, something that I I recognized was that I literally had a class one day, and literally the teacher kind of went around the room and asked everybody, hey, how prepared did you feel for college? Everybody was kind of just like, I didn't really, you know, my high school didn't do this, my high school didn't do that. My got to me, I had a totally different answer. I said honestly. To me, this is just my high school with more freedom without the parents being here. Without, I went to an all-boys private high school. So, you know, without that all-boys aspect and without the private aspect. But the one thing that they all had in common that was different from me, they all went to public school. I went to a private Catholic school. So we had to pay tuition. We had to wear the uniform. We had to, you know, we were held to a different type of standard than, than Central was. And Central is the best high school and public high school in Philadelphia right now. My little brother is there, but I can see the clear cut difference between me and my brother's education level and experiences, even from a sports aspect, like Catholic school is just different. But I said to me in my head hearing that that's not fair just because somebody didn't pay money for something just because, you know, they might've not even had the access to do all of that because my tuition was paid for once my mom passed away my sophomore year. Basically the brothers at my school noticed that I kept my grades up. They noticed that I played football. I was doing well. So they said, Hey, we're going to pay your last two years. 
it's a blessing, bro. Like that doesn't, it doesn't happen to people. Like God rest my mom and everything, and just everything that had to happen. But that's a blessing. But for me, it's just like I felt like just because you don't have the money, just because you know you don't have necessarily the resources to be in a certain zone or district or whatever, doesn't mean that you should be denied the same opportunity to education, the same opportunity to resources, the same. Bro, I had we had college counselors assigned to us that we met with on a weekly basis that helped us with SAT, that helped us with ATTs, that sent off these letters, that did, I'm getting on my little brother. None of that stuff happened to him. And he spent arguably the most important year of his life, junior year, in a remote. But me, I'm catching an attitude and I'm, I'm getting hard on him and I'm not even realizing, yo, we coming from two different backgrounds. Imagine if you were remote learning, which I can't imagine. I can't imagine, you know, not having those college counselors, not having those people there to be there for me. I want everybody to get as close to those resources, as close to that same lifestyle as me as possible. So maybe, no, you're not necessarily going to come to college and say, oh, I'm prepared. Oh, this is it. This is the one. But you're going to come and say I'm much better off than where I could have been or where I was. So, yeah, I definitely do feel that, bro. Intern in a space that's not like that's not heavily. Shed. A lot of light is not shed on education in the way that it should be. Teachers are underpaid. You look at the textbooks, you look at the class, things like that. Students are having to buy their own resources for school and things like that. Students are having to. I remember at the beginning of the year we had a list and we have to bring all the supplies in. And that was like our supplies for the year. So we would pull Tommy tissue or Tommy pack of pen. That shouldn't have to be the case. You feel me? Like teachers are already having to come out of pocket to do all this dishonest, do all of this and that. They are arguably the most important. They are up there. To me, teachers are up there with healthcare. And granted, that's two different spectrums, but I mean just from an impact. Think about a healthcare essentially could save your life. A teacher could make or break, you know, a, dis- a decision that you choose to make or education level or just whether you stay in school or not. A lot of you think about some of your educators, somebody stands out to you in your head. Why did they make that impact? Or what did they do? Did they show you extra love? Did they look out for you? So for me, I just want everybody to be on a level playing field before we start calling people out for this or calling people out for that. So that was just kind of just, you know, a little bit of background for me. But it also goes to show and shed light that it's not easy doing what you're doing, bro. I love every bit of it. And I know that my followers kind of listen on the IG live. I know that my followers tapping in. We're here. are going to love it. are going to support it. And, they, and if not, I encourage y'all to. I encourage y'all to just want get more information. about it. Reach out to NAR. Very, you know, humble individual. Very, very somebody who will sit down and break it down for you. Who will talk to you about it. Who will explain the mission the same way he came on here and talked to me and have a conversation about you, bro. So, you know, just in thinking about the future of Philly EDA, just in thinking about you as a person, just in thinking about closing out this year, this last quarter, and kind of almost in a sense starting fresh but moving forward. What is something that you're most looking forward to with this, whether it be with the nonprofit organization, whether it be with the company? Because something that kind of just excited me that you said you're waiting for people to, we're trying to get some more applications in from parents. That's exciting to me. That's like, wow, you're really about to like do this, like open this up, like people are about to apply here. You're about to have a fully up and running operation. So I love that. It just gets, you know, me excited, me hyped and, and everything and wanting to kind of support in any and every way that I can. But yeah, what is something that, you know, just in thinking about everything that we talked about, all the work that you put in, all the process, all the work that you're still going to have to put in, things that you're waiting on, things that the team is doing, things that are happening behind the scenes. What is something that you know, you're really most looking forward to with all of this? I'm just looking for that change in the city. Uh, I'm looking for the gun violence to go down. I'm looking for the education system to go up. I'm looking for more people that look like me that come from inner city, that African-American minorities to have that chance um, in life. And kind of to touch on what you just spoke about, um, you know, going to college and being like, are you prepared for college? You know, our focus is we understand that people's tracks of life are different. You know, so we're, we have our curriculum set up where our students can take 
four different tracks outside of college. I mean, outside of high school, whether it is going to college, starting your own business, working for a business, or going up to pick a trade, we have our curriculum set up to cater to those students that are interested in those different avenues. But, you know, as far as just what I'm looking forward to in the future is just having a Phil EDA in every section of Philadelphia from North to Northwest, Northeast, South, Southwest, West Philly. And then from there, after having high schools up and running, have a middle school. And then after we hit Philadelphia, go to other inner cities that are struggling, you know, Michigan, Chicago, DC, you know, Atlanta, North Carolina, the whole nine. I'm going to these other inner cities where their education systems are lacking and bringing this curriculum to them. Um, and then having this curriculum as a foundation and the basis for all curriculums across the board in America. Uh, I'm just looking for the impact, the smiling on the faces, the new hope uh, from the parents and the students to just say, look, I had an opportunity to do what I wanted to do in life. And, you know, this this school, this organization gave me the chance to do that. I'm just I'm just looking forward to everything that just comes, bro. For real, for real. I'm just, I can I'm hear just happy. It. Really, I can see it all that, man. I'm excited. It's to the point where when you open this thing up, I, I got to be there for the ribbon cutting and all of that. We got to do it. Another interview, a follow-up, or all of that, just because, bro, this is really like, it's amazing, bro. You know, it's one thing to, you know, talk about something. It's one thing. That, and I knew that we weren't just talking when we first, you know, discussed everything. But it's another thing when, you know, you can, you hear about the process. You you kind of see the plan for it. But it's another thing when you, you see the pieces being implemented one by one. And then, man, I'm telling you, once this thing is, it's going crazy. It's going to go crazy. So I'm excited for it. So was there any reason in particular that you chose to start with a high school? Honestly, because middle school, you can grab them young, you know, and they'll retain it more. But high school is when you really start getting into a lot of stuff, you know, you know, sports, you know, you get a little, your, your parents are a little bit more easy on you to, you know, okay, you're a little bit more older. You start getting your license, right. you know, you're just, you grow up a little faster when you're in high school. So being able to get these students now in preparation of graduating because high school is a requirement unless you get homeschooled or go to a trade school or such. High school is a requirement. Middle school is a requirement. So being able to start with high school students and impact them between that 13 to 18 range is vital because I know how I was when I was 13 to 18 years old. And I, and I actually went through every different education system in Philadelphia and Pennsylvania. So I went to a daycare center on Wadsworth for a little bit. And then I went to preschool at Abington Friends School, a private school from pre-K to fourth grade. Then I went to my neighborhood public school from fifth grade to eighth grade. I went to Roman from ninth to 10th. And then I graduated from Abington High School in a whole different township. So I saw the effects of the curriculum education system from a young age to a middle age, to a, you know adolescent, to a teenager. And now an adult, you know, going to Morehouse College, graduating from there and about to finish my master's program at Georgetown. And you know that next year I'll be done 2022. So, you know, seeing, OK, the benefits of the high school that I went to, Abington, where they actually had a similar curriculum, but it was outside the means of Philadelphia. You know, they were targeting more of a different uh, township. So, you know, and, and fun fact, the prime board director and donor to Abington High School is Steven Schwartzman, who's the CEO and founder of Blackstone Private Equity Firm. I'm just going to throw that out there. But anyway, that curriculum that they have kind of set me up for my business. You know, when I went to Morehouse for Business and things like that, and I still didn't know about, you know, marketing and 
you know, the markets and stocks and all that stuff, but I had a foundation of some business aspects from taking accounting classes and the whole nine and things of that matter. But making things more applicable for me at a, I feel like in a high school avenue and actually being able to get that information in high school. So it was like, okay, yeah, they say junior year is the most important year. You got to go to college, got to go get a job. You know, the whole rat race that the society puts on us is like, if I would have known this information while I was in high school, I could have made a, made a, probably made a better, not a better, but maybe made a more informed decision on what I wanted to do post high school, whether it is going feather my education in college, or I have a basic understanding of the tools, the systems, what I need to do to start my own business. Maybe I was immersed in a curriculum where I have an internship and understand what internships, externships are. So I can actually go right ahead into the workforce and start making my money and maybe work for those four years that I would if I'm an undergrad. And when those four years is over, use the information that I use in high school to start my own business, use my connections that I made or go ahead and pick up a trade skill, a skill that's always going to be needed in the workforce. So I think just for me, I feel like just starting in the high school age is going to be more tangible and feasible than middle school. Cause it's like, okay, we teach them in middle school, but then they got to go to these underperforming high schools. So then they're teaching them a whole different type of curriculum. So starting with high school and then working our way down to a middle school where it's like, okay, you're going to middle school. You can come right to our high school and still stay within that understanding is kind of like where we wanted to go. See what you did there. I like that as a, just as an aside, as a, as a LaSalle explorer, I'm very sorry to hear that you went to Roman Catholic High School. Uh, but nah, nonetheless, I, I love that. I didn't even really think about that, how you kind of shifted it at the end and things like that. But it makes sense, you know, just build that at the top. That way, when you work your way down, it's a smooth transition all the way up. I love that. I love that a lot, bro. So, you know, I feel like that. I don't know. I don't know what it is about being on camera. I don't know what it is about the visual space, but the gems just hit different today. I love, you know, not to say that you wasn't dropping gems when we talked about working hard because you definitely were, but I love, you know, I think this one just hit a little different for me, hit a little closer to home. So before we wrap things up officially, before, you know, I give everybody the contact information, how to tap in and the petition and the fundraisers and all of that. You feel like there's anything we haven't touched on today, whether it be about you, whether it even be about work now, whether it be about the future, Philly EDA, anything like that? Nah, just remain a student. You know, education and learning is something that no one can take away from you. Learning is the only thing that will never depreciate. You know, you can always evolve. There's always something to learn. There's always something to grasp. There's always something to just understand. So immerse yourself in information and, you know, apply it. You know, kind of like what Mar said you know, being an entrepreneur, starting a podcast, he was trying, he was on, he was like teeter tattering if he really wanted to do it. And people were like, just do it. And there's a saying that people kind of miss, miss mistakes sometimes where it's like a jack of trade is a master of none. But at the same time, they forget the rest of that quote, which is, but oftentimes better than a master of one. You know? So in that instance, you can be in all these different fields. You can know everything. But if you're not applying that information and actually being an expert in something, right. it don't really matter, you know, because at some point you're going to have to be people are going to come for you to information. So if you're not on your thing or your dean at every point in your time. then it don't really matter. You can you can have all these accolades and things that that matter. But if you're not an expert at one thing and then branch off from that. And it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a saying that my mom tells me all the time dig deep, not wide, you know? So kind of looking at it as a tree, you know, build the foundation and let the roots spread from there. Focus on one thing and then just grow from that one thing. 
Um, don't try to do one things at one time because that's when, you know, people start getting overwhelmed. I don't call it stress, but I call it more overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, you know, people right. start losing themselves, yeah. people get off track. Um, but when you focus on one thing, building that one thing and then find different avenues within that, you know, that's when, you know, things will happen for you. You know, but that's really what I got to just, you know, be on the lookout, follow us on the journey. And thank you again, Mark, for having us on here, having me on here. It's always great talking to you. And I'm definitely proud of the progress that you've been able to make. Oh, yeah. You know, well, we, we here. We here. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I love that the fact that the account hit me. Y'all applied the pressure to me. Yo, we ready. I said, all right. And I had, it was kind of funny because at first I didn't know if I was talking, if I was talking to like somebody else or you. So I was just like, hmm, like. Let me just keep it. Let me just chill out real quick. Let me just because and then they said we're gonna uh, we're gonna put you on the present. I said, all right, no, nah, I'm definitely gonna be on there and everything like that. But no, bro, I definitely like as much as you appreciate me, thank me and all of that, bro. I, I extend, I humbly extend that to you a hundred times over, bro. I, you know, it's just been a blessing to be able to connect with you, uh, to be able to have my LV connect with you, to, for y'all to be able to network to see him now and Cali doing his thing to see you out here, bro. You, bro, that pop up that that event that talked through that thing it. It motivated. I was angry I couldn't go, but it motivated me just from just like you said, having the youngest vendor out there to having the oldest vendor out there to just be, bro. It's it's just it's blessings all around us, bro. Angels all around us for sure. So this is one of my favorite parts of the podcast, just because I love the call to action now. In a sense, and some people might not see it as a call to action, but I see it as a call to action because you know he's he's about to tell you where to find him at, where to tap in with him at, what to look for, and everything like that. So for y'all. The ball is in your court at this point. I always tell people that, no, we're not on here to force you or, you know, make you want to do anything that you don't want to do. But at the end of the day, everybody comes on here with their own respective crap, with their own dope, you know, mindset, with the team behind them sometimes, or sometimes just solo dolo. But at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, it's, we are, are the reason why we are where we are, in a sense. Like, you can look at, you know, years past and everything like that. But, bro, I just feel like at the point that we're in right now, we're detrimental to our own success. We got to continue to plug each other in, continue to be that resource, continue to go hard for one another. So for everybody out there that's tapped in from every side, from the YouTube side, from the audio side, from your side, from my side, can you just tell us, you know, where we can find Philly EDA if we want to talk about, if we want to find the petition, if we want to do the GoFundMe and everything like that, where can we um, expect to see y'all and look out for y'all? Most definitely. So we have three different platforms. You can go to our Instagram and our Facebook is the same tag at Philly. EDA underscore again is at Philly EDA underscore for our Facebook and Instagram page. We also have a website, phillyeda.com, where you will find, you know, where our board directors are, our executive team, management team, our different sponsors that we have, where you can go and donate to us. Also, if you want to go and do our petition, go to change.org and just type in Philadelphia Entrepreneurial Development Academy and our petition will pop up. And you can also go on our link in our Instagram bio to find all the donation pages as well. Fill EDA, you know, yeah. if you want to, go ahead and scan that right there. Yeah. Take you to it. Yeah. Hey, people don't know QR code is the next, like, that's the next new thing, man. I'm about to put those on my business card. It's a one-stop shop. But no, nah, nah, all love, bro. Appreciate you. Like I said, I'm extending my, my blessings. I'm extending my hand. I'm extending my expertise in whatever matter you may need it. But it's definitely been love, bro, to be able to connect with you once again for a, to a totally different entity. And who knows, we may have to follow up and do a trio really make this, you know, our own little Mar and Nara series for sure, for sure. Ooh, I, I like think. how that sound. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Man. We, got, we got to make something happen. So we going, we going, you know, we going to table that, but offline, we going to get something right. But no, bro, in all seriousness, I definitely do appreciate everything that you're doing, everything that you're doing, you know, in my hometown, everything that you're doing for the youth, for the generations after me, for 
thinking about my kids. We think about our kids' kids and things like that, bro. So it's definitely impactful, and it definitely does not go without saying that it's appreciated, bro. We know that behind the scenes, it can get crazy. It can get hectic. But you know you know what you signed up for in a sense, and you're going to embrace it, and you have embraced it thus far, bro. So I commend you. I pat you on the back and everything, and I thank you. And to everybody out there, you know, it goes without saying we wouldn't be where we are without the support, man, from the merchandise to the giveaways to the just the listens, man. The fact that it's people out here, just I check my analytics almost every day. The fact that people have reviewed us, the fact that people have listened to us, brought stuff from us, it's just beautiful. It's, I, I really can't say it enough. Some people probably get tired of me saying it, but it's all love. So, nah, from me to you, bro, thank you 100%. Thank you to everybody else out there. This has been another episode of the Down to Business Podcast here with Tamar Turner.